on this computer. Okay, here we go. Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, and I'm so excited, guys, that you are here joining me again today, especially if you're a dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox. You know my passion is to help you as dads become the heroes you want to be and that your daughters need you to be. And you know that these things that we talk about here are also applicable to your relationships with your sons. Well, you know the grid that guides our conversation week after week, which is simply on your mark, get set, go. So dads, picture yourselves standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. I'm on the sidelines as your coach, cheering you on and saying on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic or the theme, get set, filling that in with stories and stats. Go is always your practical action step so that you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action this week. Well, today I have a guest coach joining me who I've known for many years. I would really truly call him a heart friend, a guy that loves men's mission, ministry, mindsets, the same way as I do, and his name is Jim Ramos. And when I lived in Oregon, we were so excited to find that we both lived in that state. Okay, we're not even going to get started on what that all means. <laughs> but Jim Ramos founded Men in the Arena in 2012 with a vision of leading men to be their best version in Christ. And he's rapidly becoming one of the most pre premier voices to Christian men in America. Jim hosts the Men in the Arena podcast. I've had the privilege of being one of his female guests, one of his only female guests, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. downloaded by men in 122 different countries. There's also a Men in the Arena Facebook group. Guys, you can join today. Has over 10,000 men from around the world who are engaged in daily conversations relating to manhood. Jim is a sought-after keynote speaker, a podcast guest. He's written 10 books, more under his belt already ready to go. And you can connect with him on his website, which is simply meninthearena.org, where the tagline is leading men to their best version. I love that. And one of his most recent books is titled Strong Men, Dangerous Times, Five Essentials That Every Man Must Possess to Change His World. You've got to get it. Jim and his wife, Shanna, live in McMinnville, Oregon. They're the parents to three adult sons, two daughters-in-law, and one very loved seven-year-old granddaughter who he refers to as the princess. Welcome, Jim Ramos. Hey, Michelle. It's always great to see your face. I'm honored <laughs> to be on your show today. Well, I'm glad we can have this conversation. So on your mark, we're going to title this conversation, aren't we? What Great Fathers Tell Their Daughters and Granddaughters, right? And that is a take on a free resource that you have on your website. Tell the guys what it is. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. When my kids were growing up, I had three sons. I had this little document in, in my computer, and it was things I wanted to tell my sons. It was called Tell Him. And as I got older, and as I brought two daughters-in-law in and a granddaughter, I realized it should be Tell Them. And so we have 208 things that a father should tell his sons and daughters and granddaughters. And it's a free resource on our website. It's super easy to download. And, and it's got uh, study reflection questions and dads can get together with their daughters and sit down and go through this together. And it's simple things like tell them how you met their mom, you know, tell them they're beautiful, you know, you know, simple things, but yeah. profound to guys who oftentimes we don't know what to say or how to say it. <laughs> well, and I love how you called them in your subtitle conversation prompts. 
for yes. engaged fathers. Yes. And I'm all about helping dads step up and step in to be engaged, which I know is your passion as well. And I even wrote down, I want to say some of my favorites that I saw in the list. If dads are saying, whoa, here's another guy helping me have the work yes. when I don't have them. So day one, tell them about the day they were born, which you just yep. said. Day two, tell them it's okay to fail. Day three, tell them about a scar and how mm. you got it. And then you have a verse and then some questions. Yep. Day eight, tell them or him or her to respect mom. Yep. Day 16, tell her about her first words. Day 17, tell them to look people in the eye when you meet them. I thought that was such an awesome way to say it. Okay, a few more. Yep. Do you like hearing my favorites? I went through. I do. These are my favorites. <laughs> Day 22, tell them to love her mom. So it's not just, you know, respecting, but it's how to love mom. Mm -hmm. Day 35, tell them that your wife takes priority over your kids and why. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's the end. Tell them when life gets chaotic, lean into Jesus. Tell them you believe in him, meaning Jesus, and tell them about the saving power of the gospel. And if you're a dad listening that isn't on that page, with Christianity, mm. that's okay. What would you say to that dad that goes, okay, you're getting a little bit top heavy here, Ramos, and kind of, I'm not quite there as a spiritual leader. What do you tell that dad? Hey, just go through all the other ones. <laughs> start <laughs> start where you are, you know, take the next step. And if the next step for you is leaning into these ones that are not as threatening, do it. Do yeah, what you, you can do. Don't, we, I would never ask a dad to be someone he's not. I would ask a dad to be, the best version of himself. Okay, so let's go back in your story. Uh -huh. Tell me what you were like as a kid. Where did you come to be at a place in your adult life to be so concerned about raising up men to be leaders, great dads, great husbands? Tell me more of that backstory in your own life. You know, I actually have a great dad. I mean, I've got a great dad. He made some uh, mistakes in the 70s that led to uh, my parents getting divorced on my 13th birthday. But, oh, uh, wow. but it's here's something that will inspire you. So in my pocket, I've got a knife. And this is a knife that my dad gave me just a couple weeks ago. And this was his dad's knife. And oh, so my dad wow. gave my kids a series of knives. So at Christmas, I gave <sighs> each son three knives. A knife that my dad had, a knife that my grandpa had, and a, a nether knife. And so I gave one of my sons a knife similar to this that my dad gave me when I was 32 years old. Now, I've got a great relationship with my dad. And I said, this knife is special to me. And my kids said, "What? why? And I said, because this knife, your grandpa gave this knife to me. It's the first time in my life he ever said, I love you. And I was 32 years old. Come on. And my kids were like, what? You're kidding me, dad, because you say to us like every day of the week. And grandpa says it to us now, too. I go, because grandpa... I, we've trained grandpa to do it because in our family saying, I love you is boring. We just say, I love you all the time, but that's because my dad who loved me and I knew he loved me. He never told me he loved me. He never affirmed how he felt verbally. Mm. And so the day he finally did, he did it like this, Michelle, he, he had this knife and he goes, Hey, I want to give you this knife here. I love you. <laughs> it was oh. the most awkward thing ever. It'd be, he'd been scripting it out in his brain for probably hours, but, but you it know, turned his head away as he quit turned his head away. He didn't know how to handle it. But to me, I said, you know what? I've got a great dad who didn't tell me certain things. 
And I want my kids to, and my sons, I want my daughters-in-law. I've got two. I want my granddaughters, my grand, I want them to be, I want them to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, certain things and certain things I want to tell them until they're bored of hearing it. It's almost like, oh, here we go again. Love you too. (laughs) (laughs) You You know what I love hearing, Jim, is that so many of us, not just men, women too, tend to repeat the patterns that yes. we saw modeled in our parents, sometimes unconsciously, sometimes consciously. But here you are saying, I'm going to learn. Here's what I wish I would have had. Yep. So I'm going to be intentional now enough to even call this document, tell them. Yes. Because I wasn't told. I love that. Yeah, I was showed a lot of things, mm-hmm. but I wasn't told certain things. I was told a lot of things. Well, I have a great dad. I'm not bad mouthing my dad. I'm just saying every one of us is going to pass on some baggage to our children. As good of a dad as I've tried to be, my kids are going to, they're looking back going, I need to change this and this that dad did wrong, or I needed more of this and this. But for me, I realized I needed to be a man who tells is not, I'm not going to shrink back from expressing my love verbally to the people that I love. Okay. So here's, what's interesting about that is that again, this is a stereotype, is that men connect by doing, women connect by talking. So here you are messing the whole feng shui up by going, I'm going to be a man who talks to my boys. So it wasn't just to daughters or granddaughter, daughter-in-law. Where did that come from? Because it seems maybe atypical for, I would imagine, a lot of men that you've rubbed shoulders with. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I go back into the Bible and if it's something that comes natural to us, if it's our default, then God is probably asking us to step beyond that. Right. So God stepped out of his default setting, ruling and reigning in heaven, became a child. In Ephesians five, we see God telling men to step out of their default setting, which is respect. And he says five times to love. He tells women who default to love to respect. And so for me, when I look at when I look at uh, myself as a man who loves to do, you know, kinesthetically or by doing, I know that God is saying to me, you know, Jim, I appreciate that you're doing the, what I've created you to do, that your default sh- setting is action, but I love you so much. I'm not going to leave you that way. Therefore, I'm going to ask you to do what you don't do as well, which, but what your wife does really well and your mom does really well. They are really good at verbal expression. I want you to put that part at not Jim. I don't want to make you a female, but I want you to move beyond your default setting into this other realm so that you can be the best version of you because that's what Jesus did. That's what God modeled. And that's how he's called us to model our lives, to step beyond our default and to do something challenging for our character. What impact, I would even say, what changes have you seen in yourself? Maybe that's your own self-awareness. Maybe some of it is input you've gotten from your wife or your sons. But what difference has it made in your life, Jim, to become more of a verbal communicator? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I think for me, it's, it's been really fun to watch my man, manly adult sons who are 28, 26, and 24 when I say I love you, they just snap back. Love you, dad. Love you, dad. And they actually initiate it. When we in the phone calls, it's I love you, dad. And to me, I feel like we've, I don't feel, I know, we have broken a heritage that mm. was passed to me 
that was that men don't verbally express. Now, my dad's dad did not verbally express to him either. He showed it, but he didn't verbally express it. And so for me, I thought, okay, I want to break that cycle. So my job is to create a legacy for the generations below me. And that was one way I could change my legacy. And it's been fun to see that with my daughters-in-law now. Hey, I love you. I love you. I love you. Back and uh-huh. forth. Uh, my dad never expressed that to my wife. And that that was difficult for her because a father-in-law should express that to his daughter-in-law if she truly has come into their family and taken their name, Right. And yeah. so that, so my job is to really affirm those women in my life now that they are daughters, that they carry the family name. And we have a, we have a line in our family that Ramoses don't leave their own behind. So you are a Ramos now. And good, you bad, came or up ugly. with that? My, so my, so interesting. So I have a granddaughter and that granddaughter came from my oldest son who, when he went away to college, he said, dad, I'm going to live my time. And in his time, he produced a girl, a daughter out of wedlock. We did not know that she was alive until she was almost a year old. Wow. And the mother said, hey, there were several other candidates and James was a lucky DNA winner. And so she told him, hey, uh, you don't have to. There was no relationship. It was a party and it was a one night stand. Okay. Okay. You know, he just decided, you know, to move outside of the realm that he was raised and She said to him, I don't ask you to raise this kid. I'm not asking you for anything, but I am asking you to make a decision. Are you going to be in this girl's life or not? And so I began to leverage my resources. I had several friends who married women who had single women who had children. I had other women, other friends who were daughters uh, that were born out of wedlock and had no dad. I had all these resources And so after talking to many, many people, because James was actually leaning towards, you know, I'm out, take her. I don't want to, you know, and my dad made a comment to me and it was, it just, it changed it all. He said, we're Rabuses and we don't leave our own behind. Mm -hmm. So um, So I went back to my son. I said, hey, talk to my wife. I said, you can do what you can do. You're, you're, you're a man. Do whatever you want. We are going to support you. But this little granddaughter needs champions. And we are going to be her grandparents. And every grandchild has their favorite grandparents. And that's going to be us. <laughs> and as soon as we said that, he went, the world just kind of came into alignment. He's like, I'm in, dad. Because he's so, not alone. He's yep, not alone in the he's fight. Yep. And he's been a great dad. And his fiance is a a girl, a beautiful woman who actually works for me. And she uh, was her dad kind of abandoned her for his second family. And so she's like, we're not leaving this girl. And this girl at Christmas had a pile of presents six feet high. I'm not kidding you. She's (laughs) spoiled rotten. And I'm like, I don't even call her Naomi. I just call her the princess. I go, do you feel the love? And she goes, oh, Papa, I'm so loved. I mean, she just, you know, she just really. And the funny part is her middle name is Grace. And her mother, when I met her mother, I said, why did you name her Grace? She goes, I don't even know what that word means. I just like it. And I said, oh, my gosh, I based my whole life on Grace. Let me tell you what it means. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So for us, we're like, we uh, we are not only going to not going to leave her behind, but we're going to elevate her to a status that she'll, she knows that she's special and, and she, she does. And you know what, in a way you're calling this little Naomi to live up to the meaning of her name. And maybe that could be another day 
in yep. your in your thing that's tell her what grace means. Right? Yeah, and 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 tell her she's and for me whenever she comes over to the house, there's a couple things, and she's very 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 close to my wife. They're very connected, but when she comes around me, I I stop my entire world. Mm. My entire world focuses on her. She knows it stops. It's like everything stands still, and she goes, "Papa." She knows what's happening next. She runs up. I put her in my arms. And I start telling her things. I tell her this. You are my princess. Oh, my gosh. You're so beautiful. You're even more beautiful than the last time. You know, you're worthy. You're strong. I just start spewing, yeah. spewing a prophecy in her life, so to speak, because I my time with her as her grandfather is limited. And I just need to pump her full right. of worth and value. Because and truth. Yes. And that's what she needs to, you know, my wife needs to know that she's worthy and valuable. My daughters need to know that. And my granddaughter needs to know that you are worthy and valuable and beautiful and precious and strong. And I just remind her that it's so important. And did you do that as much with your boys when they were that age? Are you different as a grandfather than you were as a father? (laughs) Well, with my boys, I was like that. But with my boys, I I was very, you know, driving them. So it's a little bit different. They're my sons. Okay. This is my granddaughter. So, so I'm not her parent. I am her grandpa. I'm her papa. I tried to get Rambo and Grandpa. I tried to go with Grambo, but I got overrided. Anyway, so 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 I want to have yeah. my limited time with her to be a time where I just elevate her yeah. beyond. So she knows when Papa's around. She, you know, I go play. I mean, honestly, like I tell this funny story. She, this has happened multiple times, but the first time she said, "Papa, can I put your makeup put makeup on you?" And I and I said, I said, "Hey, Naomi, do you know who I am?" We've got hundreds of thousands of people that follows our men's ministry. Yeah. I mean, I post videos on how to be a man. Get to your room. You're grounded. Of course <laughs> I didn't. Man, I put the makeup on. I had selfies. I mean, put on Facebook. Right. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. happened multiple times. And isn't that the way it is with daughters or granddaughters, that there's a whole different valve to your heart? Oh, yeah. It's opened up. And I'm going to, okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we yep. come back, we're going to keep this conversation going about telling your daughters, which you've clearly shown here, your daughters-in-law and your granddaughter, what they mean to you. Okay, we'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm talking today with my friend, Jim Ramos, founder of Men in the Arena. We're talking about what great fathers tell their daughters and granddaughters. And what I want to do, Jim, is just for a sec, we're talking about how important it is to communicate put words. Don't just show your daughters and granddaughters what they mean to you and your daughters-in-law even your wives who are daughters, but you're literally intentionally changing things up. If you were raised in a family where words weren't big and you didn't communicate that way. And I loved your story, Jim, about how it was your dad that literally said, we don't leave our, how did he say it? We don't leave our, we don't leave Ramos's behind. We don't leave Ramos's behind. And did you ever tell James that it was his grandpa that said that? Oh yeah, he. That's how I framed it. I said, "Hey, I ca- talked to people, and your dad, your grandpa said." And they're my my son James is very close to my dad. So my son James is named after me. I'm James number two. Okay. My dad is James number one, and then my grandpa's number or no, J- James number two, and my grandpa's number one. So James carries a very special name, yes. and he knows it. He and knows so it very close to my dad. And I said, "Hey, here's what grandpa said, and we're we're in. We're never going to leave her behind." Ever, and, even if you, you do, know, we're not. Yeah, we're not. And what I appreciate too about you talking about James' story is that there may be dads listening whose daughters are in a season of one night stands and looking yeah. for love in all the wrong places. And dad, that might be your daughter 
or your daughter might be the recipient. You might have a son who's with a woman like that with some gaping, I would call them father wounds or father voids. And yet here's what I love that your son, James, on that document where again, free resource, right? Oh yeah. He wrote, he wrote part of the book. He wrote a part. Yeah. Yep. It's again, man, it's called tell them dot, 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 what great fathers tell their sons and daughters. Here's what he said. Dad told us he loved us until it became so routine that I almost forgot about it when writing this. I have imitated dad with my daughter to the point of near annoyance. I thought that was funny. I can't tell her enough that she's smart, pretty, or talented. The things my father told me for the first 18 years of my life will stay with me for the remaining 80, and I'll cherish forever that about him. I thought, wow, here's your son now saying about you. The words my dad has spoken to me have mattered. So now let me take this in a different direction, Jim. We're talking about all the positive things. Yay, Mm -hmm. you're championing your daughters-in-law, your granddaughters, and your sons. Talk to the dad that says, I've done more damage with my words, like we know Mm -hmm. in Proverbs, right? The power of life and death is where? Mm -hmm. In the tongue. What does the dad do that says, I have not been like you? Jim Ramos, you're in a whole ionosphere different than me. What does a dad do that says, my words have caused so much damage I don't know how I can ever rebuild that bridge to my daughter's heart. Oh, people are so much more resilient than we think. I would tell that dad that Romans 8.1 says there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And when you condemn yourself, you're outside of God's will for those guys who, who, who are spiritual like that. And I would say you would be shocked at how fast you can turn it around because when your children or your grandchildren mainly your children, see that you have had a change of heart, they will fall in alignment with that almost as a new person. Like, wow, something new is going on with dad. And they fall. It's amazing how fast it can actually happen. I've got story after story of guys going to their kids and going, I'm so sorry for the man I've been. And I want to change. Will you forgive me? And it launches a whole new season. So it's never too late. And I'll be honest with you. No matter what you've done and how bad you think you've done it, I'm telling you, it's not that bad. You can it can be fixed, it can be redeemed. God loves to redeem situations. That's what he does best. Yeah. And we all, I truly believe, thrive when our heart is open. When yep. any of us close up our heart because we don't want to be hurt anymore, whether it's father wounds or spouse wounds or boyfriend mm-hmm. wounds or whatever it is, we're not at our best. Because we're either self-protective, we're numbing out. That's mm-hmm. where addictions come in, and right? All these yep. things that aren't in alignment with, with our heart being open. And so opening your heart up, Dad, to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And I always add in that you really want to add in the words, tell me how I hurt you when Ooh, I yes. said. Because it's not just you saying, I'm sorry. It's still kind of on you. Mm-hmm, you forgive mm-hmm. me. But it's tell me how I hurt you with that. So you let her talk back and yes. know that what you're asking forgiveness for, she knows you understand it because I even recently was doing a coaching session, counseling session with a dad and a 13 year old daughter. And she's like, I'm tired of the, I'm sorry's. He keeps blowing. Oh, blowing yeah. up. And I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? But she goes, I mean, this was a smart 13 year old going, but my dad keeps doing the same thing. And I'm tired of saying, I forgive you. 
Mm-hmm. So what would you say to that dad that goes, I keep repeating what I don't want to do. How do I really step in? Do you have some practical, come on, men in the arena input for that dad? Well, I would say the first thing that that he needs to do, because I've learned this as a husband, as well as a father and a grandfather is take your ears, wrap them around like elephant ears, wrap them around your daughter and just, and actually listen to what she's saying, hear her heart, listen to her. And then whatever, and the beauty of men is that men are great at acting on things. And so when she tells you what you have done wrong, and when she expresses her heart, fix it guy, we're, we're fixers. Yeah. Just make a goal, make an action plan and get after it because most guys are normal high, you know, functioning dudes that wanted that really want to please and really want to do right. And we don't have the tools. I would say there's a book I really like that helps dads with this. It's called Let's Talk. If they get that <laughs> book, that book will I don't know the author's name, but we call her the dad whisperer. <laughs> that book is a great resource, you know, for guys to actually get the what to it's easy to know you know, what I need to do, but it's not so easy to know how to do it. Yeah. So that is a great tool. And honestly, Michelle, not to toot your own horn there, but, but, uh, there are, there's nobody out there telling dads how to besides mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So that's a great resource. Well, thank you. <laughs> Unexpected press there, but let me now, I love that you brought up your wife. Cause I want to segue there. I want to go there now. Uh-huh. So every wife is a daughter, every ex-wife, right? We're all women are daughters. And How have you found that in this process of becoming intentionally invested as a communicator, what impact has that had on your wife? Because I think of how many times in the dad's groups that I lead, the ABBA project, I have asked them, how many of you are married to a woman or were married to a woman who you would say has injury from her dad, whether it's absences where dad didn't connect or maybe did cause harm verbally, emotionally, sexually, whatever. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, it's only maybe one guy that doesn't raise his hand. And I'm like, okay, the women as adults are hemorrhaging, still bleeding, living out of wounds from their dad. Any input for, for men that can step into the arena as invested husbands or even ex-husbands, because what they say about, right, their, their ex-spouse their kids are here. Their daughters are hearing that from dad. Yeah. What would you say about that? Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm from a divorced family. My, I've been married to the same woman for 30 years, but my parents got divorced. And so my my uh, wife's dad was a, was a great provider, but he was a, a fully disabled vet from Vietnam and mm. struggled with some post-traumatic stuff. And then my dad really did not accept my wife. So my wife and my wife was as amazing as she is. I don't think she was the favorite child. Mm. So my wife has never fully her family. So her she's never been fully accepted by a father figure, and that's my opinion. And Shanna would agree. But what I have done, what I just and I knew this early on. I knew this, and I watched this, and so I've I've made my mistakes as a husband, uh, as far as how I framed my wife. But with my wife personally, I have told her some things over and over again. And I honestly, she's bored. I have told her, and I, I feel like this is so important. I have told her, I mean, almost every day of my life, I am married to a beautiful woman. I am married to a beautiful, you are so beautiful. Your 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 body is the best. You're, you're beautiful. And so I, I just really affirm her yeah. beauty. 
That's mm-hmm. super important. I tell her I love her like 10 times a day. So that's never been an issue for us. But the Have other thing I tell her up or back in the day. No, I've husband. always, always told her I've loved her. Yeah. I mean, I tell her I love her. It's like with my children until it's boring. Uh, and then the other thing I, I really wanted her to know is that you are worthy of me to pursue you. So, so she's finally, after 30 years, she makes me pursue her. Like her big thing now is I'm going to train you because I want you to open the door for me more often. I go, well, I don't have a key fob and I can't get in my car unless mm-hmm. I unlock my car. And, you know, well, yeah. you're going to, tra- so she's realized how valuable she is. She finally is getting yes. that. And so she's walking in that. And then the other thing for me, I call my wife, my queen. I call her, I have the princess and the queen, right? But I, I want her, I tell her she's a warrior. So I want my wife, I build her up that she is a warrior, that these things with her dad or whatever have made her strong, stronger than most people. You yeah. are strong. You are beautiful. You are worthy. And so these things are They're so important for me to build into her because I don't want a weak woman. I need a strong woman Uh because strong women produce strong husbands. Weak women produce weak husbands. So if I want my wife to be weak and submissive, not in the biblical sense, but submissive in the secular sense, like a a doormat, if I want that kind of woman, she's going to ruin my life. I want a woman who's got courage and who's brave and who's who's uh, strong, who will call me out and make me a better version of me. And I'm standing here today with you. She launched this men in the arena with me. She launched men in the arena with me in 2012. She was my CFO. And I'll tell you what, what launched me into this ministry was a statement she made. I said, honey, I'm going to do this. We may lose our house. We may lose everything. And you know what she said to me? What? She said, I have trusted you for 20 years and you've never let me down. And I will trust you again. And I'll tell you what, man. Superwoman. <laughs> she became a hero. So so these are the things that's important because our wives, you know, our wives do come with baggage a lot of times. Yes. And and it's up to us now because they have our name. We're yes. going to be responsible for her heart when we see the master. And we hurt within the context of relationship and we heal within the context of relationship. And so yep. men, your wives, your ex-wives, the women you're dating have, like you just said, Jim, their own baggage. And yep. you can either step up and help be a healer, which even can include making amends when you've blown it. That is a powerful healing strategy mm-hmm. for us as women. And yet to own it mm-hmm. and ask forgiveness, that isn't a deal breaker. In fact, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a relationship strengthener, as you're just saying. Yeah. And so I'm so glad that here, as we get ready to end our conversation, that we're talking even about the way that you have pursued your wife's heart, you're helping heal her heart. And from what I can hear you saying, Jim, is even in our family of origin, if she wasn't the favorite, she wasn't your dad's favorite, she's your favorite. And it sounds like your sons have followed along. If I'm reading between the lines, is that accurate? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And say, yes. we love our mom like our dad loves our mom. And do they tell them, you know, your your book is called Tell Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do Are they communicators to her of the same kind of love that you have? We are them? extremely verbally responsive. Yes, very demonstrative. And and the funny part, Michelle, and I'll end with this, is yeah. my wife got to the point where a couple of years ago, she actually <laughs> confronted her dad and she confronted my dad with, I'm sick and tired of being second second chair here. And it elevated her. Yeah, oh, I'm, you're not going to believe well, it. My, okay, you know, we oh. cannot end before you say, what impact did that have on her own growth? Oh, she, well, she, you know, she's, she's come to realize and believe me finally that she's beautiful, she's strong, she's worthy. 
and she confronted uh yeah. and uh and just shared with them how she's not she and the, and the and when the when they heard this their how eyes were open feels. like yes wow. wow i have done this and i will tell you this my dad we i took my dad uh, just about a year and a half ago on a hunting trip uh, in hawaii with my stepmom and my wife and my wife did my dad's laundry the whole time uh-huh and that changed his whole heart for her when he saw her serving him uh-huh. and it, it just, and so everything that she struggled with for the first 30 years, of our marriage with her parents and my dad has just flipped the script. Wow. And so, so, so it doesn't have to be that way is what I'm telling you. Yeah. You, 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 the baggage doesn't have to be there. You can fix that baggage. Come on. You yeah. know, the word that's come to me today over and over in my mind has been redemption. Absolutely. Like over our stories are in a process of being redeemed if we step up and step in. Well, Absolutely. I end every show, Jim, with a go step. So oh. here's my final question for you. If you were to give dads one way to begin today, really becoming a great father who tells his daughter and his granddaughter what she means to him, to God, where would you tell him to start? I would say for start with their beauty. And go to their value because young men want to know, do I have what it takes? Young women want to know, am I worth it? Am I worthy? Am I worthy to have a man pursue me or should I pursue the man? Am Mm -hmm. I worthy to save my body until I'm marriage or should I wait and hold it because I'm worthy? So for me, it's you're beautiful and you are worthy. There you go. So now you don't have to reinvent the wheel, men. Jim's telling you, here are the words. I'm telling you what to tell them. Well, this has been so awesome to be with you. Be with, let me redo that. <laughs> so great to be with you here today, Jim. Thank you so much for giving your time and your wisdom to me and to our listeners. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been so fun to be here with you all. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you to make today a day where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's heart. Go, dads. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Wait, I got to hit and record. Okay. I'll go there. Uh, okay. Got that one. Yay. This was so fun. That cool. I loved that way better because before I was like, I, in fact, I'd read them to Ken, you know, the five things. And he even said, I think you should get into Ramos's story more. And I was like, yeah. like trauma even, but you did weave that in. Like I, I, I love this conversation. And I can tell you, I've been doing this since 16 this isn't a conversation I've had before. Oh, like, cool. It's fresh. It's anointed. How to it feel raw. Here? It's raw. Yeah. We got to share. Raw. We got to like, share I our just stories. Got this. I just, okay, let me take a couple pictures. When I, I got to put, st- put this on social media. Okay. You know, we always have to have a bunch of them. We're both like, hey, okay. <laughs> love- Sometimes it's crazy. The ones I think are going to work don't. And uh, okay, I'll go up this way. Okay, here, let me go this way. My camera's in front of me. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're awesome. Oh, Thank you so much. This will air, um, is it end of March? Oh, April 13th. So out a couple months, but. Well, just Thank send me the so links much. and we'll uh, we'll get it out there for you. Push it yeah, for you. Definitely. Okay. Great. Have a great day, Michelle. Bye. See you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.